Hello, my name is John Gibberdy. I've been open water swimming for five years now, and I'm also the founder of an outdoor swimming group in Morecambe called Mallows, which stands for Morecambe and Lancaster, Lancashire Open Water Swimmers. I started open water swimming about five years ago, like I said, but um, just to give you some history where it all began. I'm going to go back to when I'm a child. I was living in Preston, where I lived till I was about 33 years old, before I moved to Morecambe. And I remember the street we lived on, the road, called Shelley Road. Quite a built-up area, lots of terraced houses, and not much green space, unless you walked about half a mile to the park. So most of our time as children was spent running up and down the street, playing on the bike, climbing on anything available. And the group of kids I was hanging around with, I was the youngest by at least a year, but even more of a gap between some of us. And I think I realised pretty early on that the only way I felt like I got a bit of respect off these kids is to sort of match them in physical things we did. And I always remember one time somebody suggested a a race round the block where we lived, round the back of the houses, down this alley and back round. And I think it would have only been about 70, 80 metres all the way round. It wasn't a sprint race. It was an endurance race. And the idea was... We all started running around the block and the person who managed to keep going the longest without quitting was the winner. So we all set off running around the block and I think a few people pulled out. But I was determined that I was going to equal these guys. If not win, at least not quit. So I don't know how many laps we did, maybe a hundred or whatever it was, but... I did keep going right till the end and I remember getting some of the kids saying, Wow, you you're really good at this or you know, you're younger than us and you've kept up with us. And because there were a few of us who came in at the end together, somebody suggest I remember somebody suggesting this really odd way of deciding who was the winner. That we take our shoes and socks off and all press our sweaty feet against the the pavement and the person who made the biggest sweat patch on the pavement was deemed the winner. I mean, a bit of a crazy way, but I think it just stuck with me that that I felt like I'd been accepted a bit more and got a bit of credit for something. After that, the other event that stands out for me is at high school. I'd gone to a primary school in Preston and moved when I was about eight years old. So I lost touch with all my friends. Then it took quite a while to make other friends. By the time I left that primary school, I obviously wanted to go on to high school with them all. But for some reason, my mum sent me to another high school where my older brother was. So on the first day, I had no friends, didn't know anybody. And it really rocked me. And I do remember feeling very nervous at high school, especially with no friends or anybody with me on the first day 
and it took ages to settle in. I remember being very socially awkward, shy, didn't want to speak to anybody and just just awkward, um, not enjoying it at all. And I remember the <clears throat> first time we did a games lesson or a sports outside, the teacher, Mr Smith, informed us that there was a school record that had never been broken. And it was by somebody called John Nuttall who'd gone on to win. I think he'd won something at Commonwealth level and gone on to the 96 Atlanta Games. Um, he held all the school records for distance running. They'd never been beaten. And he told us that he would ring a bell when John Nuttall would have been finishing just to let us know how close or far away we were from it. It was a 1,500 metre run, as I remember. And I just remember standing on that start line and I got that same feeling as when I was a kid, like I might have to prove myself here and get some respect. So I hadn't fitted in and I thought this might be the way. And I remember being on the start line, there was this lad in our year and... I remember him being very confident, all the girls liked him, he's very sure of himself and I could hear him bragging that he was going to win and that nobody could compete with him and nobody would get anywhere near him and it really annoyed me this, one a little bit because he was bragging but I just felt really sort of disregarded by him, that he didn't know me and he'd already sort of decided that he could beat me and everybody else. And at that moment, it's like something just switched on inside me. And um, I just remember thinking, I can't let you beat me. I have to win. Whatever it takes, I have to do. I can't be beaten by this person. So the minute the gun sounded, I tore off as fast as I could go, like I was doing a sprint race. And I could hear him behind me this guy, saying that I would never keep it up and he'd catch me, which just spurred me on all the more. And I remember at one point looking back and I think I'd built up like a 50 metre, 50 sort of lead on him and I just thought if I can hold this, I've got it. And just as I was coming to the final bend for about 200 metres before the finish, Mr Smith rang the bell to let us know that John Nuttall would have been finishing around them. So I hadn't broken the school record, but I'd beaten this guy. And as I was coming in, I thought it had all really been about beating my own doubts, you know, that this guy was telling everyone he was going to beat them. And it made me feel even more unsure of myself, but I'd, I'd overcome it all and proved something. And I remember falling on the floor and... My lungs felt like they were on fire. My brain felt like it was shutting down with pins and needles in my head. And I was exhausted. And I remember falling on the floor. And this guy came in about 20 seconds after me. He fell down next to me and he was quite upset that he'd lost to me. And he said he'd beat me another time. The next time we raced was at cross country. And to cut a long story short, I beat him. Um, again, that was because halfway around 
there was a swamp which I saw and jumped over and he didn't and he went face face down in the swamp and on that day I decided not to help him and I won again so that's just an introduction how I got into sort of endurance type sports later on all through my 20s and 30s I was running all the time running to work running from work running long distances and I think what year would it have been um I don't know 2015 due to quite a lot of running injuries I decided to take up something a bit less impacting so I decided to take up swimming I bought some goggles I went to the local pool and I was under this impression that because I was physically fit from running it'd be so easy and I'd just climb in the pool and just off I'd go and how wrong I was I quickly realised that swimming is very I don't know if difficult is the right word but there's a lot more to it than running I think Um, a lot more things to go wrong plus you've got your face in the water and can't breathe all the time and components to the stroke but to say I struggled would be an understatement I could barely do four or five lengths of the pool and I was getting quite frustrated and then one day I met a woman in the pool who came over and introduced herself now this is my strange introduction to the world of open water swimming so this woman came over I think she'd be a few years older than me she introduced herself and told me that she wanted to ask me something. She asked me how long I'd been swimming for, and she said she thought I was swimming pretty well, even though I didn't. And she was getting back into swimming after a bit of a break, and she needed somebody to pace with in the pool and swim up and down with. And she'd asked if I wouldn't mind being sort of a swim buddy to her. She did go to great lengths to informed me that um, there was nothing else to it. She wasn't looking for a partner or sort of giving me a line or anything like that. And she went over and over that, that there was nothing more to it. it. She just wanted someone to swim with and nothing else. So I said, I think that's okay. I said, I've got a girlfriend and a little boy, so I'm not looking for anything either. And it suits me. So I remember going home and telling my girlfriend and me and this woman arranged to meet and did a swim together. I think we did one more and then she said, she messaged me and said she didn't feel comfortable chatting to me as I had a partner. Which I thought was quite strange as she'd approached me. But before she told me this, she told me about an event, an open water swimming event called the Great North Swim in Lake Windermere in the Lake District and she'd told me she'd given me a rough idea of what it was about this Great North Swim and the idea of it had gotten into my head a little bit and then I'd got a little bit obsessive about it and at the time I'd never even considered open water swimming it had never been on my radar I knew nothing about it didn't even know it was an organised thing or that they had events it's just something I had never looked at. 
So I entered this Great North Swim in Windermere and I remember at the time a few people I'd talked to had all stressed the importance of getting some practice outdoors in open water and the consensus was that swimming outdoors was a lot different to a pool and I think by this time I could just about manage a mile in a pool but that's with a few stops for breath. So I was probably pushing my luck a little bit, but I'd entered and to be honest, I didn't practice outside, but I'd ordered a wetsuit off um, the internet. Well, the wetsuit came and I remember my girlfriend saying, when you get it, we'll go to the river together and I can watch you to make sure you're safe. Don't go on your own. That was the famous last words. The problem with me is I'm quite impatient and I don't always listen to other people. So on the day off from work, I decided that I was going to go on my own. And off I went with the wetsuit, found a spot on the River Loon in Lancaster where it looked shallow. And I sat on this riverbank looking very, I don't know what the word is, um, suspect I would say. I was trying to put this wetsuit on without drawing attention to myself as I didn't have a clue how to put it on. When I got it up to my neck, I realised I couldn't zip the back up because it had like a string on the zip and I wasn't agile enough to zip it up. I'd never put one on before. Um, at a certain point, I thought to myself, is it really important to zip the back up? Now, if it was... It wasn't important, there wouldn't be a zip on, but for some strange reason I deemed that it wasn't that important. I'd tried and tried and looked like I was doing some strange type of yoga. So I decided I'd go in without it zipped up. And I remember sitting on the grass bank at the side of the river. And I put my feet in. I remember sinking up to my knees in this really thick mud. A bit of panic set in, so I dived forward. I remember hitting the cold, pretty dark water. All I could see is bubbles, and I could feel the suit filling up with water as well. And panic set in again, so I thrashed my way back to the riverbank, sank in some mud again, and I got out and led on the grass, and I, all I could think is, my God, what have I got myself into here? I've, I've totally underestimated it. So the day of the Great North Swim in Windermere came. I remember me, my girlfriend and my son driving down. And as we got there, I could already see some people who'd finished the event. And I was surprised, really, because at the time I was under this sort of impression that because I'd been a runner and pushing myself to the limit sometimes, that it was all about doing everything fast and breaking records and pushing yourself to the limit. And I saw loads of people walking away from this event, men and women, all different shapes and sizes, some quite large, some not athletic looking at all. And I just saw them walking away with the medals and the T-shirts and thinking... If these guys can get a medal, surely I can get one. Easy. And I got it into my head and sort of tried to tell myself that it'd be easy and I could do it. Although I was nervous, 
<clears throat> and I remember when I got to the edge of the lake and saw how far there's a boy in the water, we had to swim out and round and back in. When I saw how far out it was and what a mile in open water really looked, I could feel my heart sinking a little bit, to be honest. And I remember when the sort of event started, I had no idea about the etiquette of it at all. So I went right to the front of the group who were going to go in. Didn't realise that all the people at the front were the serious triathletes and athletes who wanted to win it. And I just dived straight in with them. And for about a minute, all I remember, it was like being in a washing machine. And there's like arms hitting me on the back of the head, hands grazing me, the side of my face, feet, I think I got a foot in the face, pushed underwater. And I was being carried along and just swimming at maximum pace. And after a minute or so, it just got overwhelming. And I remember just panic setting in and thinking, I can't, I just can't sustain this. And then I started thinking I was going to pull out and quit and think it was a bit of pride because I think I'd been sponsored to do it. So I decided I'd breaststroke it for a little while to get my breath and I remember feeling panicked all the way around to be honest. But I think I completed it in about 45 minutes doing breaststroke and I, I wouldn't say I totally enjoyed it. I mean, I got the medal at the end and the t-shirt and went home happy with it, but it had been a bit of a disaster, to be honest. <laughs> Not the great start I'd imagined for myself, but I went away and practised in the River Loon in Lancaster, which is my main spot. It always involved me going before work or after work on my bike. I'd found this spot that I quite liked. And I wouldn't say I made great progress that year. It was mainly I'd go swimming in the river and I'd be nervous, really nervous. I'd swim about 10 or 15 metres out, get really panicked, freak out a little bit. My hand would touch a leaf or something in the water and I'd get really like panicked and stressed by it and swim back get out and then I'd go in again and I don't know sometimes I'd just get out and go home and then I'd really beat myself up about it that I'd feel like I'd quit and I'd given up and I just didn't seem to be getting anywhere now, I remember one day I'd swam under the aqueduct bridge on the river loon and as I got out, I remember this young woman with two kids and a dog running over looking very um, upset. And she shouted out, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I've just been swimming. And I remember saying she'd been up on the aqueduct bridge and she'd looked down. And I was wearing like a float that I tied around my waist, a tow float, for safety. And I remember saying that she thought she'd seen an animal in distress in the water. And that just made me think that my swim stroke must be absolutely terrible. But to top it all off, she said she was going to jump in the water and try and rescue me or whatever she thought she'd seen. And I remember asking her, can you swim? And she'd said no. 
And I was astounded and I was like, well, it's very flattering and humbling to think that you would jump in the water and try and rescue me, but you can't swim and you'd drown. So I told her I was okay and she disappeared. So after another year, I entered the Great North Swim again in 2016. And because I'm... At the time, I wasn't a very quick learner and didn't listen to anybody again. I didn't get too much um, good practice for the event. It was mainly just short dips and getting nervous and getting out. So at the 2016 Great North Swim in Windermere, I did exactly the same as I'd done the year before. Jumped right in at the beginning, set off quick, got bashed around. Did breaststroke most of the the way around. And to be honest, wouldn't say I fully enjoyed it again. It was at this time, I think I was getting a bit fed up with it and the fact that I didn't feel I was making a great deal of progress, to be honest. Because with running, I'd just always done it from a very early age and it was natural, but swimming, although I was enjoying it to a degree, just didn't feel as natural to me. But there was something in it, the frustration that I felt just, I don't know, it sort of pushed me to keep coming back and feeling that there was something I needed to learn from it. At that time, I remember once walking or driving down the seafront in Morecambe where I live with my little boy. And I remember seeing the tops of three or four guys' heads swimming along in the sea. And I was just like, oh, God, I need to go and speak to these guys. They're swimming outdoors in the sea. Something I'd really wanted to do but was a bit too scared to. So I said to my son, come on, we need to get out of the car. So I parked up and I ran across the beach like this excited little school kid with my son in my arms. And I remember when they got out, I'd waited to talk to them. And I wanted to know everything about when you got in the water, how you did open water swimming properly what they were training for and I think secretly I was hoping that they might sort of invite me along sometime and um, let me join them. Sadly they weren't that friendly and we had a quick chat. One of the guys in the group did tell me the best time to swim in the sea and how to know when's the best time to get in. So with that I went off and started doing a bit of sea swimming and around this time, the idea occurred to me that if I couldn't find a group of people to swim with, maybe I should start my own group. This was going to be difficult because still at the time, I'd moved to Morecambe from Preston and had no friends around here. wasn't great at mixing, to be honest. Um, wasn't the greatest at social skills and things like that. So I wondered how I'd get a group of people together. So I decided I'd create this Facebook group. And the name Mallows came into my mind. So I called the swimming group Mallows, which is Morecambe and Lancaster, Lancashire, open water swimmers. And at first it was just me and the group and nobody else. I think after a while, one lady joined and maybe one guy, but there wasn't much going on in the way of swimming. Very sort of sporadic and 
few and far between these swims. Over the year, I think a few more people joined. I think some of them joined just to watch this, the silly videos I used to post on the group page. I remember sometimes if I went swimming before work, I'd usually stand on the riverbank of the River Loom. And I'd make these silly videos where I'd sort of joke around or film myself shivering, eating cakes after swimming. And I think at the time they were just my way of sort of breaking the ice a little bit. No pun intended there. Um, my watch is beeping, sorry. And yeah, I'd make these videos joking around and making light of it. Um, just to sort of calm my nerves and deflect some of the um, nervousness, I guess, at the time. So I think a few more people joined. It, it, it picked up a little bit and we got a few people meeting up. But it still wasn't a large <clears throat> or busy group. At that time I also took a few open water swim lessons with a a great open water teacher who lives in the area called Kerry Smith. She runs a school called the Aquatic Body. And I remember doing my first few open open water swim lessons with Kerry. And I think what I was after more than anything is just to get an idea of the basics. How to swim outside, what sort of equipment you need, some tips on my stroke. And it was mainly about confidence because I was still really scared in open water. So those first few lessons were really good. <clears throat> it was having somebody swimming next to you, giving you tips and telling you what you needed to do to improve. And when I thought I'd improved a little bit, I started going out more and swimming further. Swimming with a few people outside as it picked up. Now, in 2017, I came up with this idea. I think I'd heard somebody mention doing something like this, where you write a goal down on a piece of paper and put it on a fridge or in your wallet or something. And you keep looking at it, and it's one of those, like, affirmation things, I'll do this on this date. So I'd written down that a dream of mine... In 2018 would be to swim the length of Coniston in the Lake District, which is 5.25 miles, I think. So I'd written it down on this little slip of paper. By the end of the year or in 2018, I will swim the length of Coniston. And I'd kept looking at it. And I remember at the time I'd been going to the swimming pool quite a bit. Trying to do a bit more disciplined swimming to get me fitter for the outdoor swims. And I remember one day I just had this <clears throat> sort of real determination about me. And I decided to see how far I could swim in a swimming pool. Just to, just to see what I was capable of. And I remember on the day, it was at Salter Leisure Centre in Lancaster, Morecambe. And I'd just got in and kept plugging away at it. And I'd managed four miles. <clears throat> now, when I got out at the end, I felt dizzy and sick. And I was a bit fed up of the sight of water, to be honest. 
But <clears throat> when I got home and thought about it, I thought, well, I've sort of written down this dream of mine of swimming Coniston next year, which is five miles. And I've just done four miles in the pool. Now, I know it nearly killed me doing it, but I thought it's not a massive stretch to do another mile and swim Coniston. So although I'd sort of fouled up all the open water swim events I'd done in the past, I came up with this really bright idea of changing my goal from swimming Coniston to swimming the length of Lake Windermere, which is 10.5 miles. And I remember one night at home, I'd looked online about this Windermere swim, and it was £195 to enter. For That's swimming in a group with a boat piloting you across. And I think at the time I'd got some money from somewhere, or sort of had the money there and able to pay for and enter it. And I, I remember on the night feeling quite anxious about doing it. And I'd looked at the page a few times and then closed it and opened it. And I could feel myself sort of getting suckered into it. And I remember filling the form out, got to the end where it said enter, and I just thought, I don't know. So I left it. And then later on I came back. And before I knew it, I'd pressed enter. And it said, you have now successfully entered to swim Lake Windermere on the 28th, no, 26th of August 2018. Now the good thing was I it gave me nearly a year to get ready for it and practice and that year I definitely did practice. Um, I was in the River Loon as much as I could, swimming a mile sometimes or maybe more I was in the sea swimming, got practice in lots of different settings and I felt like I'd really made some progress. Um, I'm still nervous outside in the water. It's a common theme with me, swimming outside. I've always had nerves when I'm in the water. I remember towards the end of my training for the Windermere swim thinking that if I could get a 10 kilometre swim under my belt, I'd feel much more confident about taking on Windermere. So two weeks before I did Windermere, I decided I was going to go on the River Loon. And for anyone listening to this who knows Lancaster and the River Loon, the idea was to get in at Denny Beck in Halton, swim down river towards the Aqueduct Bridge and back, which would be five kilometres, and then repeat the whole thing again. Now, I'd asked in the group if anyone wanted to accompany me on a Saturday morning at 7am to swim 10 kilometres. And surprisingly, or not, <laughs> nobody wanted to do it. So I realised I was going to have to swim 10 kilometres in a river on my own when I was scared of open water and scared of going more than 30, 40 metres from the edge. So I remember on the day turning up and I'd packed this lunchbox full of food to fuel me, a few drinks and energy gels, and I'd waded out into the river and put my food on one of the 
supports for the bridge. It was quite a warm spring morning, I think, going on to spring, going into summer. And I remember when I got to the river, there was like mist all down the river. I could see the tops of swans' heads bobbing around in the water. And it just looked quite eerie, I thought. And I remember standing there thinking, right, you've got to do this 10k swim today. And if you can't do 10k on a nice day like this, my thinking was I was going to struggle to do 10 miles or 17 kilometres in Lake Windermere. So I got in the water and I remember swimming like 30, 40 metres down, grabbing onto the side. And I did this for the first few hundred metres. And I just kept stopping and this inner chatter was going on. It was, no, you can't do it, you can't do it. And there were so many times when I just kept wanting to quit and I just kept thinking, you've got this event in two weeks, you've paid all this money to do it and practice. You need to do it. And I pushed myself and I remember getting to the aqueduct bridge and turning back and I'd done five kilometres. So I set off for my next five. And I remember getting about a mile down river, seeing a guy on a, one of those skull boats from the rowing club, and he told me that there were quite a few people out that further down rowing, and he said I'd be safe on the other side of the river. So I remember crossing over the river, swimming with my head down, and I don't know why, it's quite strange, Um. Something just kept telling me to look up and I got this image of a boat in my mind and I heard this little voice in my head, look up, ignored it, kept swimming, look up, it said. At that moment I looked up and I could see somebody in a skull boat rowing towards me but they had the back towards me and it must have been maybe 10 metres away, travelling pretty fast, coming straight for my head. And all I remember is thinking, I'm going to have to duck. And I thought, I might just avoid the boat hitting me and the oars. But I had a tow float strapped round me. And I thought, the, the float is going to get hit by the oars. Or I'm going to get snagged somewhere and dragged along by this boat. And I just remember diving down underwater. It all going quiet for a few seconds. And then I bobbed up and it had gone past me. And I remember shouting to this lady on this boat, be careful, you've just nearly hit me. I don't think she really realised what had just nearly happened. But I made it to the aqueduct bridge very shaken and swam all the way back, shaken up. But I remember getting out and I was so like pumped up because I'd swam 10 kilometres in a river by myself. When I was terrified, I'd nearly been killed by a skull boat. I remember all around the sides of my neck was rubbed raw by the wetsuit. Um, for anyone who does open water swimming, they'll probably know that's a sign that my technique wasn't very good. But I was in pain, I felt a bit sick, but I felt that I had a really good chance of doing this Windermere swim after that. I think it had taken me four hours, which I was pretty pleased with at the time.
and all I had to do then was go and crack Windermere. So I remember on the day of my Windermere swim, I'd carb loaded the night before, which mean basically means to me I'd eaten shed loads of pasta and a massive pizza. I'd got up in the morning and strangely didn't feel any nervousness at all about it. Felt really calm and collected and that I'd done my practice and that I had it in the bag. And we drove there. I remember my girlfriend asking if I was nervous and no, I feel great. We got there. The only thing that surprised me is when I signed up for this Windermere swim. I don't know why, but I'd not looked much into the details of it other than that I was swimming the length of Windermere. And when I got there, I was quite surprised to see it was a bigger event than I thought it would be. I thought there'd just be a couple of us following a little boat across. And when I got there, there was about 40 of us. And I think there were six or seven small motorised boats. And each boat would have about six or seven of us tagging along with it. We'd put our crates on the boat with food and drinks that we could have at regular intervals and said goodbye to my girlfriend who went and waited for me at the other side. And we set off. And immediately when we set off, I think I realised I'd been put in the wrong little group or pod. The other swimmers set off quite fast a quite fast pace for me anyway, as I still was I didn't still didn't have great technique, but even though I felt like I had the endurance, and all I thought at the beginning when they all sort of flew off, I thought I can't keep this up for ten and a half miles, and then straight away the nerves came in, and I was sort of really struggling with the doubts and being out of breath. I wasn't breathing properly. I remember like windmilling my arms and I thought I'm just swimming too fast and putting too much effort into this and I just can't keep it up for ten and a half miles. So I thought, should I put my hand up and tell them that I just want to quit? And I thought, well, I've only swum about 400 metres. Give it a chance. And we'd been told before that we were going to stop roughly every three kilometres or every hour. We were going to get a quick drink and something to eat to keep us going. So I just thought, well, you know, I'll get to the first feed point and I'll pull the boat pilot over and have a quiet word with him and her. And I'll tell them it's all been a big mistake and that I've totally overestimated myself and that I want to get out. When we got to the first feed stop, I had a bit of drink and something to eat. And I heard some of the other swimmers saying that they'd found it hard going and they'd been a bit nervous. And this really helped me in a weird way because, you know, I didn't think anyone else struggled with this sort of stuff. So it was great in a way to hear that other people were struggling and they'd had some nerves. And I thought, well, it's not just me. We're all in this together. And then I thought, well, I'll swim to the next feed point and then at least I can say I've had a go and I'll tell them that I want out of it. And I got to the next one and then the next one. And by this time, because I've always been a sort of distance athlete, 
it takes me a while to get into the stride but once i've hit my stride i always feel better by about the third feed stop we were halfway at this point i started to feel quite good like my system had settled down my stroke had got better my breathing was more under control and i thought well i've got halfway now i'm not quitting now and you know we swam and we swam and at a certain point, I even noticed I was catching up to a couple of people in the group, which made me feel quite good. Until we got to a point, we'd swum from the Felfer end of Lake Windermere, and we were finishing at Ambleside. I remember getting to the Ambleside end where the lake widens, and you can see across to Ambleside just thinking, oh my God. We'd been told before we did the swim that certain parts of the lake were about 220 feet deep. God knows why they would want to tell you that, but that's all I could think about. And I remember at one point I looked up, the boat pilot was about 50 metres in front of me. I was at the back of the pack with one other guy, thinking about how deep it was and panicking. And I remember just that feeling of I'm chasing this boat. I've chased it for about seven, eight miles, never catching it. And it was just like desperation. Chasing a boat across a lake that you're never going to catch. And it was just the last bit I found it really difficult. Um, kept asking the pilot how long and he'd said an hour. Then when we stopped again, it was an hour. And then it was just like I was looking for the landmarks in Ambleside, the hotels and the shops, thinking when I see them come into view, I'll know I'm nearly there. And they just, for a while, it just never seemed to get any closer. And eventually they did. And it was like the last 30 odd minutes swimming in, giving it everything I had to get across. But I remember at a certain point, when I was swimming in Lake Windermere, it was almost like I'd gone brain dead. That's the only term I can describe it as. It was like I'd been so nervous and so stressed and put so much effort into it. It was almost like my brain just sort of gave up. And I remember at a certain point just seeing these blurry sort of white shapes enter the water in front of my face, which were obviously my hands. And just looking at these shapes, thinking, what are those? And then this question sort of popped into my mind. Who's doing this? Because it was like I'd gone on autopilot and it was just happening spontaneously. And the question came up, who's doing this? And the response in my head was, not me. And then another question, couple of questions came up. Um, what was it? Why are you doing this and how are you doing it? And to both of those questions, there was just, I don't know. I haven't got a clue. I don't know how I'm doing it. don't know why I'm doing it. I don't even know who's swimming. It might sound quite strange, but it, it was just like being on autopilot. It was just like the body windmilling the arms around and... The brain had just, I think my brain had just got that tired with all the stress and worry. It had just packed in, it had just packed in trying to figure it out. 
And I remember eventually getting a couple of hundred metres from Ambleside and just powering as fast as I could to get there. When I got there, could barely stand up at the other end. I got helped out and my girlfriend was waiting at the side with my little boy. Um, obviously, I think she deserves a medal for standing there all those hours waiting for me. A fact that she's never forgotten and reminds me of quite often that she stood there for all those hours. And I just remember when I got to the other side, the relief, and I thought, oh, this woman, you know, she stood waiting for me and she's put up with all the training I've had to do and stood behind me and encouraged me all the way. And it was at that point I remember I asked her if she wanted to get married to me. And I remember her response. She said, are you being serious or are you delirious from all the swimming? <laughs> Which was probably quite a good question to ask. And I also remember I didn't have a ring or anything, an engagement ring. But on the boat I'd got a big box of like food and chocolate and sweets. And I had some Haribos and... I remember giving her this Haribo ring and announcing to her that I did in a sort of teary way, like, I don't have a ring. <clears throat> and I gave her this Haribo ring and we, we got engaged there right after my Windermere swim. So I knew that it'd always be a memorable <clears throat> thing, at least. So off we went. Another thing my lovely partner had done, she'd booked us into the Lowood Hotel on the banks of Ambleside, um, as a bit of a treat. And I remember as soon as I got in the Lowood Hotel, I went and ordered a pint of Guinness and downed it as quickly as I could to some strange looks of people, but I thought I'd earned it at that point. Also, when we got in the Lowood Hotel, my son, who was about five at the time, very happily informed me that there was a swimming pool downstairs, which I thought was a bit cheeky after I've just swam ten and a half miles, that he thought I might go swimming with him. <laughs> and I remember lying on the bed thinking, no, I don't ever want to see water again, to be honest. But eventually, I did go downstairs with him, and I led on my back in the pool, floating, whilst he swam up and down, and I told him that I would be doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and to be honest, I didn't do very much. And I remember that night we had some food in the restaurant at the hotel, and not long after I was fast asleep. And I remember the next day when I woke up, we went and had a look at the banks of Lake Windermere, and as I looked across... I just couldn't believe that I'd swam it. And, you know, like I said before, when I was swimming and I felt like my brain had shut off, there was still that sort of stunned feeling looking across the lake, thinking, who swam across this lake yesterday? Because it wasn't me. That scared, nervous person who all the way kept thinking it wasn't possible, who's only... You know, not done mega miles in training apart from a 10k swim. Somehow I swam 10 miles across a lake 
And I thought back, I thought, you know, only a few years ago, I'd started all promoter swimming and could barely do 30, 40 metres outside without being terrified. And I was just sort of astounded, like, how have I done this? I don't... And still to this day, we went to Lake Windermere a lot long back and I looked back across the lake and I still have that sense of, I don't think it was me who did it. It was just like something else took over, an autopilot came on. So, that's the Windermere swim. After that, um, the Mallows group has grown and grown. I remember at the very beginning of Mallows, the aim really was just to get four or five people to swim with regularly and build up some confidence and get a little circle of people who could go out regularly um yeah so mallows now i think we're nearly up to 1500 members which is astounding it really is and i think the prob the difficulty for me in founding this swimming group that i i do now is I never started it because I wanted to be in charge of a group of people or seen as some leader or in charge of anything. And obviously when people join the group and they're new, they come seeking you out and looking for you for advice, which I don't mind giving, but I don't know. I've never felt comfortable with this idea of being a leader or running something. I just like to think that the group is a good group, and it is a good group, Um because we've got lots of great people in the group. And I like to think that everybody who joins the group is some sort of like shareholder in it. And, you know, it's a good group because we all make it good. And everybody who joins the group is valid, whether they swim 10 metres or 10 miles or 20 miles. Whatever kind of swimming they enjoy, it's all valid and... We all add something to the group, which I think is great. After the Windermere swim, I definitely took up sea swimming a lot more and more serious and swim a lot in Morecambe Bay now. I think part of the draw with Morecambe Bay was that everybody told me it was dangerous and you definitely can't swim there. And I always wondered why that was. And I think the part of me that is stubborn and doesn't always listen to people took over and I found a little bay in front of the clock tower in Morecambe that looked pretty sheltered and decided that we could swim there so over the next year there got more and more used to sea swimming and more and more people started joining people would walk past on the promenade and ask and ask if they could join the group and it grew and grew um, also, after quite a while, a few of us who swam together decided we'd try to do longer swims up and down the Morecambe coastline. So over the last year, um, if you know Morecambe and you're listening to this, we've been able to swim from Happy Mount Park all the way down past the little bay near the clock tower where we regularly swim. And swim to Heesham. Sometimes we've swam from Heesham up towards the clock tower. 
which is great when you do that because you're swimming with the tide washing in behind you and you get a real, we call it swooshing, a real swoosh down the coast with all the water pushing you down. Morecambe Bay, obviously, it's a, it is a very dangerous place. There's so many components to it. I mean, you've got... It's, I think there's the River Loon, River Wire, Kent and Keir, or is it Levens? Yeah. But there's so many things flowing in and out of Morecambe. Then you've got the tide <clears throat> coming in. Where we swim near the stone jetty in Morecambe, you also have this thing of the tide coming in, and then there's a channel that runs from the north, from up towards the lakes, it runs down, right down Morecambe Bay. And sometimes when the channel meets the incoming tide, you get like a whirlpool effect somewhere, which can be quite dangerous. Now I've been swimming in Morecambe Bay for a few years and it's, it's always changing. You have to be really careful. And... The more you get out there, you, you really feel how the water can move you. And even when you're sort of expecting it, it can be quite unnerving, the, the power that that water has to push you around. But I don't know, I feel like I've just fell in love with it. It's a great place to swim as long as you're careful and you think about the conditions and you know the tide times and when to get out. I remember, I think the fascination with it started when I was young. We used to come on holiday to Morecambe. My dad had a caravan here, so we'd come from Preston. And I always remember looking out across the beach and I'd hear my dad and my granddad talking about high tides and different things. And it got into my head a bit. <clears throat> but now when I look out across Morecambe Bay, I've got a new sort of thing that's nagging at me and it's this idea of doing a cross bay swim <clears throat> I know a few people in the past have done it It'd be around 10 miles and that would be swimming from Grange over Sands past Silverdale and down the coast into Morecambe it would be a, a tough swim no doubt um, lots to think about in terms of conditions and safety and where I'd get in and out but it's one of those things that I don't feel will leave me alone until I've done it. A lot of people choose things like an English Channel swim or things like that. But I think because I live here and I've got really used to swimming in the sea, I think this Morecambe Bay swim would mean more to me than a Channel swim. It would really mean something to me. And that's why I feel like I need to do it. So, at the moment, like I said, we've got nearly 1,500 members in our group. I'm really enjoying the outdoor swimming. It's done wonders for my health and my mental health. Um, I've met loads of great people. Like I said before, I don't, I don't want any sort of... I don't know, renowned for starting this group, but it does really make me feel good when people come up and say it's improved the health or the mental health or they've made loads of friends and they're really enjoying it. That's 
suppose the best you can hope for. It does it does make me feel really good that the positive things I've taken from open water swimming other people are able to get to. And it also feels great for me when I can introduce someone to open water swimming and try to give them a really good start with loads of tips and making sure they do it safely and enjoy it because I feel like I did a lot of things wrong in the beginning just because I was naive and had nobody to go with. So it's always a great feeling if I can give somebody else a good start at it. Um, the dreams for the future, like I've said, it's the Cross Bay Swim, Cross Morecambe Bay, which I might attempt next year, all being well. And just seeing the swim group I've started grow, it's not so much about numbers for me. It wouldn't matter whether there's 100 people in it or the 1,500 people we've got. As long as people get something from the group and enjoy it and, you know, we enjoy meeting up, that's that's what it's all about for me. It's I haven't been doing it a great deal of time compared to some people, you know, I've been doing Outdoor swimming for five years now. It's taken over running. Well, running used to be my primary thing. Still do the running, but outdoor swimming's taken over. It's just, I don't feel like anything else gives me the same buzz. Especially when it's cold in winter and there's that sort of bit of nerves about getting in the cold water. Then I have to think about how I'm going to overcome that and get in. And then fight the urge to tense up and stiffen up in the water and relax and enjoy it and get out. And then when you get out and you've been swimming in the cold, this incredible feeling of being alive, wide awake, tingling all over. I'm sure anybody who swims outside in cold water would know what I'm talking about. So yeah, it's been a bit of a turbulent five years really with the open water swimming but I've really learned to relax now in the water find ways to control the nerves while I'm swimming and really enjoy it and all the better when there's some other great people out there swimming with you and then you can get out the other end and have a drink and some of us take cakes and things and stand around talking I feel like I've made quite a few good friends out of it. So, um, maybe there'll be another chapter one day about how it progresses again as the years go by. But for now, that's about as much as I've got to tell. Um, if anyone out there is thinking of getting into a from I'd say 100% give it a go. If you're in the Morecambe or Lancaster or Lancashire area, feel free to look up our group Mallows on Facebook and give us a request to join and you're welcome to join us. So I'll leave it at that. I hope it's been interesting listening. And if you can comment and you want to get in touch or comment on anything I've said, feel free. And thanks for listening. Bye for now.